The Lord be with you and welcome again to this Christmas Eve celebration. I'm John. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for making space in your celebrating to be a part of this Pillar Communities online celebration. I don't know where you are, but I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle of a Hallmark movie. It's Thursday, recording for Saturday. The snow has started to fall. The blizzard has not yet come. The Salvation Army bells are ringing just across the street. I'm with some friends in here singing some songs I love. The poinsettias around. It's about as close to a Hallmark movie as I'll ever get. Kind of makes me want to sing some more. I'm not afraid. Silent night. Maybe we'll sing it again later. Holy night. All is calm. Do you really think that's true? All is bright if we still have power. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. I've seen a lot of little babies and very few of them are all that mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Is the songwriter talking about Jesus? Or is the songwriter offering to us what's true because of the Christ child, sleep in heavenly peace. If you're going to hum a tune this Christmas Eve, moving into Christmas Day, that might be the one. <laughs> Listen to the song, the story you came to hear. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way, when his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord said to him, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place, all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, look. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did just as the angel had commanded him. He took Mary to be his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Matthew's way of announcing Jesus' birth. Each gospel writer tells the story in their own unique way. Mark skips the whole thing. John goes mystic, the word became flesh sort of stuff. Luke zeroes in on Mary, let it be to me according to your word. And Matthew hums a Joseph tune. Joseph. Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. A good guy, seems like. What a nice guy, Joseph. Being a righteous man, that's what it says of him. Righteous, that's a loaded word, not really like trustworthy in the way we might use the word now, or even really high character, like we might speak of it 
today, but actually law-abiding, rule-following, commandment-conceding. He was a righteous man. A carpenter, I think, by trade, falls in love, or maybe it was arranged. I don't know that it actually matters because she's pregnant and he's not the father, but he's a righteous man. There are rules about these sorts of things. There are actually commands about these sorts of things. Now Joseph caught between scandal and affection, indignity and loyalty. What will Joseph do? Unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, not wanting to shine the communal light of shame on Mary, not not wanting to, to make a show of her to all the others who might consider such behavior. You remember that story in, in one of the Gospels? Uh, we call it the woman caught in adultery. Remember they had the stones? They were going to. That's Leviticus. You stone people for doing such things. And Joseph is a righteous man. He knows the law, he knows the rules. And Mary starts, keeps talking about immaculate conceptions. Joseph knows how babies are born, and he's not the father. Joseph was a righteous man, and yet unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, plans to dismiss her quietly, to dismiss her, not to ignore her, blow her off, leave her out to dry, but rather, in a certain way, if you're willing to talk about it like this, to save her. Joseph dismisses as an act of care and salvation for Mary. She'll live to see another day. When he resolved to do this, he was ready to do this, he was committed to doing this, maybe even at at cost of his own life. What what do you do to a co-conspirator like Joseph? What do they call that? Aiding and abetting? It's so shocking, really, to me. Before the gracious one who would offer grace to the world is born, Joseph offers an act of grace. Before the merciful one would breathe his first, mercy had paved the way. Before the one who would be born and die to forgive the sins of the whole world, it required forgiveness to even get him there. Grace begets grace is what I'm trying to say. Mercy precedes mercy is what I'm getting at. Goodness anticipates goodness. Joseph, being a righteous man, was unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, so planned to dismiss her quietly. Grace. Grace on top of grace. Grace before grace. Grace because of grace. Which makes me wonder, how do you, what goes first for you? What leads for you? Grace. It's the water that allows the garden to grow. Grace. It's, it's the light that shines in the darkness so the whole world could see. Grace. Grace preceded the gracious one. So how do you lead? What do you lead? What goes first for you? I'm thinking in a harsh world, so used to arguing back and forth, insisting on our own way. What if, what if a few of us returned to grace? And maybe grace would generate grace. I like uh, this poem by Eugene Peterson. This births a signal for war. 
Lovers fight, friends fall out, merry toasts from flagons of punch are swallowed in the maw of dragons. Will mother and baby survive this devil night? I've done my fair share of fighting in the traffic, kitchen quarrels, playground fisticuffs, every cherub choir has its tufts. And then one day I learned the fight was cosmic, truce. I lay down arms, my arms fill up with gifts, wild and tame, real and stuffed, lions, lambs play, oxen load this infant father's festive force. One crow croaks defiance into the shalom whiteness, empty satanic bluster against the brightness. Truce, the poet says. I lay down arms, the poet prays. My arms fill up with gifts. My question for you on this Christmas Eve night, what if we returned to the way of grace. And what if grace nurtured grace? What if grace begets grace? What if we went the way of grace? Joseph, being a righteous man, was unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. And just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, Son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid. Have you ever noticed whenever angels show up, they're always saying, don't be afraid? Like in that shepherd field, remember the the angel shows up to the shepherds and they're terrified and the angel says, don't be afraid. And here we are again. Here we go again. Don't be afraid, Joseph, which is a surefire way of telling there was reason to be afraid. It's like when someone says, oh, don't worry. They only say don't worry because you have reason to worry. And here we are again. Don't be afraid, Joseph, because you have reason to be scared. Have you ever been afraid? You know what it's like to be scared? Uh, Our six-year-old daughter, Ava, uh, lead with grace with me now. Don't judge me as a parent. Every night, and I mean every one, she climbs into our bed with us. I have not slept through the night in six years, and I wouldn't trade it for the world I can hear her doorknob rattling on the doorframe of our old house, the pitter of her pattering feet down the carpeted hallway. She steps on our wooden bed frame, puts her knee right into my thigh. I don't scream. She launches between us. We pull the covers back and envelop her in our care, and I just listen to her breathe, sometimes at least. And sometimes she says, Daddy, I'm scared. And I'll say, what's up, sweets? And she'll say, I had a bad dream. And I'll say, don't be afraid. I'll protect you. And I put my arm around her and I bring her in close. And I just listen to her breathe. And I I do sometimes think to myself, you know, there's probably going to be a day when I can't live up to those good intentions. Don't be afraid. I'll protect you. You know what it's like to be scared? Daddy, I'm scared. One day, the nightmare will give way to the harsh realities of a cold world. Daddy, I'm scared. Bullies up and down the hallways. Daddy, I'm scared. Diagnoses that wreak havoc on our lives. Daddy, I'm scared. Circumstances that mountain. We're not sure we can climb that mountain. Daddy, I'm scared. You ever been scared? The angel shows up and says to Joseph, don't be afraid, which is the angel's way of saying, I can see why you would. I can see why you'd be be afraid, and yet the angel must know something. The angel must have seen something. The angel must believe something and so can say, don't be afraid. To take Mary as your wife, lean in, in other words. Move toward Joseph. 
Move toward the pain. Move toward the fear. The only way to redemption is through the pain, not around the pain, not to ignore the pain, not to hide from the fear. Lean in. Joseph. We, we do all sorts of things when we're confronted. Uh, mostly we run. Sometimes we hide. What do they say? Fight, flight, freeze, and feign. Either we'll punch you in the face, we'll run away, we won't know what to do, or we'll just perform. The angel's inviting us not to reduce our lives to our primitive instincts, but to lean in. Don't be afraid. The angel has seen something. The angel knows something. The angel believes something. Lean in. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. The child conceived in her womb is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He'll save the world. Don't be afraid. Uh, if you don't mind, another poem by the same guy. The bawling of babies, always in a way inappropriate. Why should the loved and innocent greet existence with wails? Is proof that not all is well. Dreams and deliveries never quite mesh. Deep hungers go unsatisfied, deep hurts unhealed. The natural and gay are torn by ugly grimace and curse. A wound appears in the place of ecstasy. Birth is bloody. All pains prelude to symphony, to sweetness. The pearl began as a pain in the oyster's stomach. Dogwood recycled from cradle to cross enters the market again as a yoke for easing burdens. Each sword open side is the matrix for God to come again through travail for joy. All pains prelude. Don't be afraid. Dogwood recycled from cradle to cross enters the market again. Don't be afraid. Each sword open side the matrix for God to come again. Don't be afraid. Lean in. Move towards redemption there. Salvation there. Don't run. Don't hide. Don't freeze, don't perform, lean in. Which, that is kind of the way of the story, right? I mean, God didn't wink and save the world. God entered into the world. God didn't wave a divine hand over the brokenness of the creation he loves. He, he took on the creation he loves. God didn't offer a magical incantation to make it all better for us, but rather entered into what we are. He took on the brokenness for us. He leaned in, and redemption happened. Salvation occurred. So lean in, I guess, is the point. Uh, I mentioned recently to the Pillar community some friends of mine, uh, Zach and Morgan Williams. Uh, Zach and Morgan, they're maybe 28, 29-ish. He went to Hope. She graduated from Calvin. It can happen. Uh, they're both leaders. They're just leader types. They're the kind of people you're drawn to. You want to be with them. Uh, Zach's a principal in the Zealand school systems. Uh, Morgan just quit her job so that she could be home with her two kids, two-year-old-ish, uh, Brooklyn, and six-week-old now, little Beckett, big sister with baby brother. Morgan's doing exactly what she wants to do. Uh, just after, like I'm talking hours, after Beckett was born, they noticed his blood sugars were unusually high. He was fairly quickly diagnosed with neonatal diabetes, which was a burden they did not want to carry, but manageable, they assumed. More tests, more poking, 
more prodding. And little Beckett was diagnosed with the rarest of rare genetic diseases. He's the fifth of only five in the whole world. Zach and Morgan smiled when we talked. Fifth of only five in the whole world. Should we be honored? They laughed. The prognosis is anything from absolutely devastating, sort of stuff you don't want to have to think about, to really, really challenging. And they're spinning, they're swirling, their lives are not going the way they anticipated it would go. We were together just maybe a week and a half ago. They were asking, how do we parent this precious life? They were asking, honestly, what good is God going to bring from precious Beckett's life? I don't know. I, I can't answer that now. But I, but I do, if it's okay, I, I did with them then, I'd like to do for you now. I want to echo an angel cry, don't be afraid. Lean in. Lean in. Redemption. Salvation. God took on flesh. He took on the brokenness. He took on who we, who we are so that we could become like he is. Don't be afraid. The angel said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So if you're going to hum a tune this Christmas Eve, Moving to Christmas Day might be. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, the Eternal One, leaned in. He showed up. He entered in for us and for our salvation, for redemption. If you believe Jesus is Lord and acknowledge him as Savior, you're welcome uh, at this table. Maybe you've got some bread and wine, maybe some crackers, some juice. If you're not at that place in life or faith, if you just got sort of coerced into this online Christmas Eve service because you're with the family, thank you for bearing with us. Um, I'd invite you to take a moment and wonder, what did you hear? What does it mean? If you're around, I'd love to with you. You can email me, john, J-O-N, at pillarchurch.com. For those who do come, where the table is set.